Please join me as we begin our sermon time with prayer. Father in heaven, we ask that you would continue to be with us, help uh, guide my words, and as people are listening, guide their ears and their minds so that they would hear what you want them to hear in the scriptures this morning. We pray it in your capable name. Amen. If you'll join me in your Bible, your smartphone, we'll be going into Psalm 23 this morning. Psalms 23, verse 4. Psalms 23, verse 4. <coughs> Excuse me. David wrote, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, and your rod and your staff, they comfort me. God speaks to our conscience to protect us, to support us, to deliver us from self-destruction, and to bring us closer to God, if we're willing. The question is, are we willing to let God do that in all the areas of our life? The question isn't, have we asked God to go to heaven? The question is, are we letting God lead us through life so that we have peace? instead of fear. It's easy to have fear in this world. Obviously, uh, it's something that comes easy to human beings. We're not in control over the dark moments of life, as David wrote here in Psalms 23. <laughs> Even though we actively walk through at different times of our life, we walk through valleys where there's darkness and even death. And the challenging thing as human beings, we know this, regardless of the of the culture, regardless of the country, regardless of the, the language, human beings know we don't have control over that darkness. We don't have control over what problem comes to your life, how long it lasts, when you get it, how dark it gets, what part of your life it affects, whether it affects you physically or mentally or financially or spiritually, whether it affects your work your family. We don't have any control over that. It's frustrating to feel that as human beings to be helpless, we want to be in control. And one of the many things the coronavirus has taught us is that we're simply not in control as humans or Americans. We're just not in control. In America, five million people have been infected around the world 18 million people have been infected with it. 18 million. In America, there's approximately 100, 160,000 people that have died from it. Around the world, the number is approaching today around 690,000 people have died from the coronavirus. And we're not able to control it. It's got some people wondering, am I going to die? Other people are wondering and they're afraid as they go from day to day, wondering if they're going to get really sick. Some people are wondering if they get sick and they don't die, but will they recover? Some people are wondering, is it going to affect my job or my paycheck? Maybe not me, but is there some friend or coworker or neighbor or loved one that might get it and die or get really sick? Will I get a really big hospital bill from this? And here's one that perhaps some people may not have thought of. Will I get hurt in my own house? Because while 
our government and most governments are telling us to stay in your house as much as possible. Don't ever leave unless you have to get groceries. And I understand why they're saying that. Do you realize that even under, quote, normal conditions, if there is such a thing in this broken, damaged world, under what people consider normal conditions, every day, millions and millions of people in America and around the world suffer what is called domestic violence. And as people are stuck in their houses, not supposed to go anywhere, their spouse, their parent, or even their kid might abuse them. Physically, verbally, mentally, lots of ways. And now the people who are susceptible to this and who have done it in the past or might do it in the present or future <coughs> are more agitated, more angry, more frustrated than ever in this world pandemic. And they're stuck in the house. And guess what? Domestic violence has risen by over 20%. And I'm not trying to be rebel. I'm not trying to say that we should all run out of our houses because the government's lying to us. I'm just saying life's complex. Stay in your house so you don't get the coronavirus. Okay. Guess who's in your house? Some people are, li millions of people are living with some very angry, unbalanced people who don't have good boundaries. And now they're spending more time with them. And that other person who can be very angry and agitated isn't leaving as much. And it's affected even in normal conditions millions of people around the world millions of people. With the coronavirus, it's up 20%. <laughs> and did you realize that we got people looking, <coughs> watching our, 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 our uh, worship service around the world, and praise God for that. We hope and we, we continue to pray for you that you're encouraged in Jesus. But do you realize for them speaking, especially to the people here in Texas, do you realize in, in the United States of America that Texas is among the 10 worst states when it comes to domestic violence. Solomon, in his great wisdom, said in Proverbs 23, 7, as a person thinks, so he is or so she is. Because God inspired Solomon, and Solomon knew <coughs> that as people think, it really affects our life. Before the coronavirus, there's other things that troubled people. And people are afraid of lots of things. Some people are afraid of domestic violence. Some are afraid of bullies. Some people are afraid of the police. Some people are afraid of, of out of control people in the, in, the, in the community. You can see it on, on the news. You can see it on uh, social media sites where people out in the community are out of control and they're afraid of that. Some women are afraid of men. Some men are afraid of men. Some people are afraid of women. Some people are afraid of white people. Some people are afraid of people with darker skin. Some people are afraid of Spanish people. Some people are afraid of people from the Middle East. There's lots of things that make people afraid, whether it's justified or not. Some people are afraid of Americans. Some people are afraid of Russians. Sometimes people are afraid of lots of things. I know some people that are afraid of getting old. Some people are afraid of retiring. Some people are afraid of graduating into this 
wild, crazy, out-of-control society. Some people are afraid of going to war, and some people are afraid of things like cancer. Even during the COVID, life doesn't stop. It's just one more thing we can worry about if we choose to. But all the other problems haven't gone away. Some of them have gotten worse, like domestic violence. Proverbs 20, or rather Psalms 23, verse 4. <laughs> David says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. And your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You know, Satan is taking advantage of the moment and trying really hard to make people doubt everything. There's chaos, confusion, miscommunication spread all over the place. Money-motivated people, politically charged people, chaos, false reports, fake news, violent people, and it's challenging to know who do you trust and what do you trust. Is it true? Is it not? Satan starts with little things. <coughs> it's entered my mind, I don't know about yours, in this uh, current cycle that we're in. We're encouraged to wear masks. We're encouraged to stay in our house. But even still, once in a while, you have to go to the grocery store and get some groceries. It's entered, it's entered my mind as you go to the grocery store I'm not naive enough to think I'm the first person to touch that product on the shelf. And as you go through the grocery store, like if you go to Walmart or stores like that, good luck trying to find a human being to help you. So you have to go to the checkout yourself and you have to touch everything. You got your credit card and you got to touch that machine that how many people have touched before they cleaned it. If you use cash, that's probably one of the dirtiest things in, in the world is cash. It's so filthy, I've made a paper, you can't clean that. It's easy to get scared of lots of things. Some people can even be afraid of if you're one of the rare people that still goes to work instead of Zooming for your, for your business. If you drive to work, if you watch the news, if you watch social media, some people are scared to even drive because you've probably seen some of the videos where people, you know, buildings are burned down and vehicles are burned down. They're not just burning cop cars. Some people have their vehicles burned down. And I've seen videos where people have their vehicles destroyed or they get pulled out of their vehicles. People are scared of... Lots of things. People are scared of the economy. Did you realize, according to the New York Times, in the second quarter of this year, America just faced their worst economic quarter in history? Their worst quarter in history. We're more educated than ever, more automated than ever, more wealthy than ever, but we just had our second or had our worst quarter in American history. Plenty of things to be afraid of. Are the scientists and the doctors really giving us the right, honest, sincere truth? Well, if you go to this website and look at this one social media place or these news anchors, absolutely, it's never been better. Well, if you look at these, they're like, oh my, no, they're, they're motivated by money. And if you try this medicine and that medicine, you'll be fine. And so, which is it? 
Satan doesn't care. Satan's sole motivation <coughs> is to try and confuse human beings so much over everything, little things and medium things until he gets to the big things. He, does, he could care less about our economy or your family or the grocery store or your food or the doctors and if this is right or if that's right. He doesn't care about any of that stuff. Satan's sole purpose is to get the, all the human mind so confused, so frustrated, so upset, so unsure and unsettled that he tries to take our peace that he tries to take our peace of mind. And then he wants to go to bigger things. After he takes our peace of mind, he every day is trying to take away our trust in the Bible. And he tries to take away our trust in God. And he does it through lots and lots of little things. All the while, Bible verses like Proverbs 23, 7 I keep trying to echo, and the Holy Spirit keeps trying to whisper to us, as a person thinks, so you are. As you think, that is your reality. I'm not saying that COVID is fake. As of the end of today, approximately 690,000 people will have died a real death. They're not floating around. They're not coming back. They're dead. Some people die in domestic violence and all kinds of violent things have happened. That's not fake either. But what the Bible is saying, what the Bible is teaching is, is as we walk through this broken, broken world, there are a few things we can control. And here's just a short list of a few things we can control. One is, do I trust the Bible? Here's another one. Do I trust God. You say, wow, Pastor, man, times are tough, and I don't know, what do you tell those 690,000 people that died and their family members in the coronavirus? The same thing we would tell all the people in all the ages before us when they suffered and died. Think of how many billions of people have been created since Adam and Eve, and every single one of them except 24 people are all dead. God loved them all. Some of them were being burned alive over fire. Peter and Paul were crucified. The world's been filled with people trying to hurt other people. <coughs> and all the time the, <coughs> the Bible echoes out, <coughs> as a person thinks, so you are. Do I trust God? Do I trust the Bible? Do I trust Jesus? Do I ask for God's support? Am I still praying? Am I doing my best to walk in faith? What am I spending my quality mental power on? What am I, what am I spending that on? Trusting God in faith or looking at Things are making me fearful, though some of them are very true. Am I choosing to follow God in faith or am I choosing to be afraid? We have that choice. Proverbs 23, 7, 
the wisdom of Solomon, he writes, as a person thinks, so you are. Solomon knew that what we think about has a profound effect on our life. God knows it. God made our brain. Satan knows it. Even most people know it when we're thinking clearly. I'll give you a couple examples here. Most Americans watch television, you know, on your flat screen. Some uh, watch television nowadays on their smartphone. Some watch it on their tablet. And Hollywood is great. Hollywood is great at getting people to think and feel what they want. If the writing, if the camera work, if the editing, if the producing, if the acting, if the clothing, if the makeup, if everything's really good, you'll be willing to go on their journey in what they're promoting. And they promote lots of different topics. But the acting, the writing, the, the lighting, the, all that stuff has to be really good. And then you'll do what actors, uh, what they call suspended disbelief. If it's really good, if it's really bad, then you'll turn the channel. Oh man, that's some really bad acting. Or if the actors are okay, but the writing, if just the script is really pitiful, it's like, uh, no, and you turn the channel. But if it's all really good, you'll watch it. <laughs> and they'll take you on this emotional and social uh, roller coaster. And they'll take you to where they want to take you. And so at the end, you end up being influenced in your thoughts, feelings, actions, and motives to how they want. Some shows talk about love. Some will talk about romance. Some will talk about mystery. Some will talk about justice and equality. Some will talk about fairness. Some movies, when you watch it throughout the whole movie, you're just thinking, man, I'm so glad to be an American. Why do you think that? Why do you feel like? Because they've just, the whole movie, every little bit was laid out to try and get you to feel patriotic and love this country. Other ones will try and make you dislike this country. Everyone has a different little angle to try and change your thoughts and shape your feelings. Some use adrenaline and some use fear. I'll give you an example, a kosher example. During the mid-80s, I was a young kid and uh, <laughs> my family, uh, my parents and my grandmother, I think she was in her 80s and my, I think most, if not all, my siblings were there. <clears throat> and uh, we were watching this movie, which I don't recommend, but like we make mistakes in, in life, and this is one of mine. And uh, we watched a movie called Friday the 13th. And it's a scary movie. It's a horror movie. I uh, haven't watched any in decades. Don't recommend it or this one. But long story short, Friday the 13th. It's a movie about a bunch of uh, young people, and they went up to this cabin by a lake, and they were going to uh, go camping and party together or whatever. And it's just your typical scary horror movie where um, they play scary music. It's always dark. Every time it comes to making a decision, they always make the wrong one. They never stay together. They always split up and go alone and it did all that typical stuff. Anyway, so as the mo we went through the whole movie, and... At the end of the movie, just like your typical movie at the end, you always have all the credits. You know, the, who's the main actor and the main actresses and supporting actors, supporting actresses. You know, the, 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 the writer, you know, the, the, the screen director and producers and all these kind of things. People who are working behind and in front of the camera. 
So the movie's over, and, and, and the last picture is this woman. She's the only survivor. Everyone else didn't make it. And, and, and um, she's sitting in this canoe just in the lake in her canoe, slumped over, kind of dirty. And, it's, you know, they take you on this roller coaster. So I don't know if it's a couple of days, I guess, or whatever. And, and, and she's running through the woods and through the house and hiding and not eating and not sleeping. And she's dirty and she's exhausted mentally and emotionally and physically. And she's just sitting in her, just totally spent, just sitting in her canoe out in the middle of the lake. But she made it. And I'm just getting ready for the, the, the credits to start rolling up. And up out of the water jumps the bad guy. And I'm remembering because I'm watching the television. My grandmother's here, 70-some years old. And she jumps up out of her seat. Ah! And she screams. And I may have screamed too. And lots of us screamed. We're just like, oh, my word. What did they do? I mean, the heart is pumping. Your hands are sweaty. And we're, my grandmother jumped out of her chair. She's a smart, capable, amazing woman. And what happened? What happened? How did Hollywood do that? Do you realize, do you realize how many times they shot that scene? And the director said, cut, cut, cut. Jason, Jason, what are you doing, Jason? Every time you jump out of the water, you hit the canoe. It knocks her over. She's all wet and she's laughing. That's not funny. Start it over again. And he does it. He knocks the canoe over again. He's like, Every time you do that, Jason, she's got to go get her makeup done again. She doesn't have that many dry outfits in the trailer, you know. Five takes, ten takes, fifteen takes. Come on. In this scene, it's only like 20 seconds long. You don't even have a line to say. And after 25 times, maybe 30, Jason probably in that typical cliche would turn to the director and say, I'm confused. What's my motivation here? I'm confused. And all the girl even does is scream, and that's, there's not much there, but they do it over and over and over, and sometimes when they do it, it's too bright, because even the Bible teaches when there's light, when there's light, people aren't as scared. Oh, we got to do it over. It was too bright. That wasn't scary at all. And then they make it really dark, and it's like, no, do it over. It's too dark. I can't even see anybody out there. It's just, I hear splashing, but I can't see the people. Do it again. Do it again. And they just do it over and over and over until they, they think they get everything just right. And in a whole other building, they're working on the music, that scary music, to try and really scare you. I, I, I don't recommend watching those crazy things, but if you do, just push mute. I mean, it just, it's a whole different thing. It's just like, oh, well, whatever. You They do it to try and affect and shape how you think and how you feel and how you act and your motives in life. They do that with movies. <coughs> and it affects us. It's fake. It's not real. But most of the entire world still watches. And even though you know it's fake, you, you, willingly, you, you willingly choose to suspend reality. You say, oh, yeah, I'll watch. Superman, sure, he jumps over buildings and he can outrun planes, but okay. And we watch these things and we, it, it's not even real. And it affects us. Listen, listen to these. These are the top 
ten most watched movies of all time. <coughs> Number one, Avengers Endgame earned two, over $2.8 billion, with a B, $2.8 billion. <clears throat> and that's basically about uh, human beings being really amazing so we can save ourselves. It's humanism. We don't need God. We just need to be really amazing and we'll save ourselves. Does that sound like something? Avatar, around $2.8 million. One of the many themes in that was about racism and that they're against it, and that was their twist on it. Titanic, $2.2 billion. It's about love and romance and lots of other things because that's where we're supposed to look for our, our opinion shaped on those type of things. Number four, Star Wars, The Force Awakens, around two billion, a little over $2 billion. It's about spirituality. Number five, Ave uh, Avengers, Infinity War, another $2 billion. Jurassic World, $1.7 billion. Lion King, $1.6. Avengers, the first one, $1.5. Fast and Furious, number seven, earned $1.5 billion. Frozen, part two, $1.4 billion. If you just take the top ten movies alone, Imagine all the people, all the hours, and 20, <coughs> $20 billion. So Hollywood can shape your thoughts, feelings, actions, and motives about spirituality, about how to treat people, about love and romance in overcoming bad things. Colossians, it's a small little book in the New Testament. Turn with me if you'd like. Colossians chapter 2. You may have to look in the front. It's not easily found. Colossians 2, verse 6, 7, and 8. Paul is writing to a group of new believers in the town of Coloss about a different topic, but the principles are the same. Colossians 2, verse 6, 7, and 8. He says, Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him. Continue to walk. Having been firmly rooted and now being built up in Him and established in your faith, just as you were instructed, and overflowing with gratitude. And see to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception according to the tradition of people, according to the elementary principles of the world, rather than according to Christ. You know, Satan wants to shape your thoughts and feelings and actions and motives. If you think that Hollywood is good at what they do, it's like kindergarten compared to what Satan does. And you don't even have to buy a ticket. You just have to be alive on this planet. Satan will use anything and everything to confuse, to manipulate, to take away your peace and your joy to get you to distrust Jesus and the Bible, and Satan will use anything. <coughs> He'll use, <coughs> excuse me, he'll use the COVID, 
He'll use domestic violence. He'll use America. He'll use Russia. He'll use China. He'll use extra money. He'll use the lack of money. He'll use my skin color. He'll use your skin color. He'll use male. He'll use female. He'll use injustice. He'll use anything. He'll use employment. He'll use unemployment. Satan will use anything to steal your joy and your peace of mind and get you to distrust the Bible and God. He'll use anything. If things are bad, that's quite easy. If things are good, he'll even still do it. And you don't even need to buy a ticket. Every moment, Satan is trying to shape what you think. Where do most people get their, their how do I word this? Where do, where do you think most people get their opinions on sexuality? Most people don't get it from here. Unfortunately, a lot of times people say, well, God, we, I, I'm a Christian. I, I'm not comfortable talking about that kind of stuff. If Christians aren't talk, comfortable talking about it, what kind of a position are we in? God created it. He created it in a good way for good reasons. If we're not getting the answers from the Bible, where do you think the whole world's getting it from? As a pastor, I've done marriage counseling. Most people get it from the movies. You know what pe most people do in the movies with sexuality? The opposite of this. <laughs> the opposite of this. You name it. Almost every and any... I mean, well, I, I guess I shouldn't say go listen to some podcasts. <coughs> the world is open to almost anything other than this. What are we choosing to use to shape our thoughts and our feelings so we have peace? Not so we're boring, not so we don't have adrenaline, not so life is pitiful, but so we can have a full life, a wonderful life, a happy life, an awesome life filled with wonderful experiences, but one that also has peace and not fear day after day after day. If you had cancer and you didn't have Jesus, imagine how that would feel. If you're married and Jesus wasn't in that relationship and Imagine how many dangerous doors could be opened that would not bring in peace. If your parents and one of your children was struggling with Jesus, which happens quite often, and the parent wasn't exercising their faith in Jesus, imagine the stress they would go through. And Satan is there 24 hours a day even when you're sleeping because what we do during the day affects us when we sleep <coughs> and Satan will work overtime even when you're sleeping and you're supposed to have peace you're supposed to have rest of all times when you're sleeping and depending if we make such bad decisions during the day it even haunts us during the night and we'll have what's called nightmares and sometimes people as adults or even as kids People say, oh, I don't know how that happened. And, 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 why, and it's like, well, you just watched something ridiculous? Yeah, but I don't know why it happened. Well, I wonder why. Let's not watch that again tomorrow night. 
And sometimes we just have such unique experiences in life that aren't great. And Satan is trying to shape and mold us to lose our courage and to lose our faith and to lose our peace. To distrust God and distrust the Bible. Psalms 23, 4. David writes, Even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we don't need to be afraid because God is with us. His rod and His staff, they comfort us. David uses sheep here in this, in this psalm to, uh, as, as, a, as a metaphor for people. We can draw many illustrations from sheep. One of the things I, I want to highlight here is <coughs> with the shepherd and with the sheep, with the rod, the shepherd will use it and he'll separate the hair because on, on sheep, their wool is so thick. I mean, really, really, really thick. And it can look white. It can look amazing. It can look so clean. But the, a good shepherd will use a rod and he'll move the hair away and look at the skin because on a sheep, their skin is really thin like human beings are really thin skin that can get hurt easily contrary to popular belief. People can get their feelings hurt really easy. And so they'll use that rod to move the hair so they can look at the skin to see if they're healthy. The shepherd will also use the rod to move the hair out of the sheep's eyes so it can actually see so it doesn't hurt itself and go off a cliff or get stuck in the mud and die or get stuck in bushes. Because even bushes would sound so simple and silly and trivial because their hair is so thick and it's so heavy. If they get stuck in the bushes, they literally can't get out because they're not that strong. And even just a, a few simple thorns get them stuck. And so the, the good shepherd will use a rod to get the hair out of their eyes. And God does the same thing with us. He wants to get close if we trust him. He wants to get close so he can help us. And he wants to get close so he can take the wool out of our eyes. You've heard that expression before. You've got to pull the wool. You know, someone's pulled the wool over your eyes. God wants to do things so that we're not confused. And I urge you, I urge you, especially in times like this, to keep trusting God. Continue to trust God and let God work in your life. Let God bring you peace. Continue to trust the Bible. Continue to trust God to get you through this life. David writes, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil because you're with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Let's pray. Father in heaven, you knew this world would be a confusing place. That's why you told humanity to never sin. The minute we did, we opened up a door of complete confusion. Where Adam and Eve didn't trust themselves, they didn't trust each other, they didn't trust the animals, they didn't even trust you. And unfortunately, every day, little by little, every minute, Satan is a master at 
messing with our perception and getting us to distrust you and to rob us of our peace and our patience. In this moment of quiet and clarity, I pray that you, Jesus, would continue to draw closer to us. Help us to have peace and help us to trust the Bible in you. And when it's appropriate and in kind, appropriate ways, help us to share you, Jesus, in the peace you offer to the other hurting people around us. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.